Hey guys, what's up? It is Greg with Cinematics, and I haven't done a Flick City. I'm looking on Spotify right now. I haven't done a Flick City since September 20th, so that's about a couple of months, right? Almost a couple, yeah, basically a couple months. I just really, I've been trying to figure out how to actually frame this cinematic subfeed, and I have a couple of ideas, still going to be shaky about it, but... Since April, I've been really getting into, as you know, if you listen to the monthly cinematics episodes with me and Anderson, been really getting into cryptocurrency. No, I am not going to change this subfeed into a completely cryptocurrency podcast. But what I'm going to do is when I do, when I actually upload these interviews that I have with filmmakers and actors for this feed, I will start asking them some cryptocurrency questions. So either look forward to that, mute that part of the interview. I'm going to do a lot more cryptocurrency coverage in lieu of interviews, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about cryptocurrency just like Anderson Cowan was talking about. He's got a movie to make for how many weeks? 120 plus weeks. Let me see how many times did he... He went to... Yeah, he did 116 episodes of I've Got a Movie to Make. I'm not going to turn the subfeed into... Episode number one, I've got some crypto to buy and sell. It's not going to be a crypto thing like that. Now, again, I will incorporate incorporate some of that into the subfeed by actually using some of the interviews I have and actually trying to steer it or veer it into that topic, maybe for one question or two. But it's not going to, if I cover or when I cover more crypto in this subfeed, what I'll, how many times did I say subfeed? I will make sure that it is actually tied into this whole movie arena that you guys have been supporting me and Anderson since 2015. Okay, so just wanted to know that I will be doing more Flick City episodes, will be uploading more interviews. Expect this little little minor uh, alteration with the interviews. So I, I'm sure some of you, a lot of you have actually listened to, the, to these interviews. So there might be a little bit more of a little bit of a tweak there. And then I'm thinking of actually bringing some news into the feed as well. Weekly news in entertainment, Blu-ray releases, all that stuff, as well as casting decisions. Maybe I'll talk to that when we, to Anderson, when I see him once a month for our preview episodes, we can riff on that as well. So a lot more entertainment news as well on this sub feed. The whole heart of these Flick Cities will, it initially started off as I want to ask all of these artists to name their favorite movies. And then I would put their answers on here. Now, with Flick City, what I want to do now, moving forward, is just, like I've been doing, upload the entire interview for you guys to listen to, and then also maybe archive the favorite movie section and put it on our Cinematics YouTube channel, which is pretty much, for all intents and purposes, the last week, maybe year, year and a half. It's, it's been a dead channel. And the only thing that actually go, goes right up to it is up that's really regularly uploaded to that Cinematics channel is the Find Your Film podcast audio, the podcast that I do with Bruce Perkin, Eric Holmes. So that's the only thing that is actually living and breathing on the channel, which hardly has any subs. It's not really active. But I will start using Cinematics, that channel, the Cinematics YouTube channel, as a way to house the favorite movie questions that I've asked people over the years, okay? And currently as well. So I've, I've got a lot of archiving to do for that channel. Hopefully it gets momentum and more listeners to our podcast and into our entire cinematic, cinematics world via that way. Now, now, what else can I, can I say? What else can I say? Okay, so for this feed, I'm going to cover a couple of Blu-rays. 
One of them is a giveaway and one of them is a review. And then I'm going to end this this feed, which I don't know, I'm stumbling about. I'm going to end it with the thing I'm most comfortable with. And that's, you know, well, actually the most, the most comfortable I'm with is when I'm talking to Anderson, talking to, talking with Anderson and Bruce Parkey and, and Eric Holmes for Find Your Film and with Anderson with here with Cinematics. It's, I'm talking to a mic by myself. It's not something I'm natural at. So I apologize for that. But towards the end of this podcast, I will upload, I will have for you guys my interview with Rufus Wainwright. Rufus Wainwright is a musician, singer-songwriter who I've loved for the last 20-some-odd years. And he's not in—he's not promoting his last album, which I believe came out last year. It's called Unfollow the Rules. He has a European tour coming out. He's been touring a little bit this year as well. But he was actually he actually made the radio rounds to promote his track Secret Sister. And it's a song that's available as part of the Rebel Hearts soundtrack. Now, Rebel Hearts is a documentary. It's currently streaming on Discovery+. Plus. I love this documentary. It centers on nuns who are living... It centers on a period of life, a period of time in the 60s and maybe early 70s, where these nuns, they lived in Hollywood and they actually ran a college there. I believe it's called the Immaculate Heart of Mary College or something like that. Let me look it up right now. And instead of actually listening to the cardinal and following the rules and conducting the, their church and respect to private school in a very company line way, they decided to go their own route and actually challenge the cardinals ruling over them. And because he was very strict in the way they should conduct their business, but these Catholic nuns, they believe in they believed in making a difference in their community, in the world at large, and they did not want all of these really stringent rules about how they should govern themselves and how how and their relationship with, with the church. They did not want to strictly follow by the rules. So it's directed by Pedro Cos K O S. And here's a synopsis: In 1960s Los Angeles, the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary fought for equality, their livelihoods, and their own freedom against an all-powerful cardinal who sought to keep them in their place. Their bold acts of defiance turned the church upside down and still resonate to the present day. Had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, and like I said, it's currently streaming on Discovery+. Plus. Really, really love this movie, and I really enjoyed the sound, the soundtrack to the movie as well, specifically since I'm a Rufus fan, Rufus Wainwright's track, Secret Sister. So the interview will have him talking about that track. I also talked to, asked him about what keeps him passionate as an artist because he has so many different projects in the works and that he's experimenting with. I'm sure some of you who know his, I guess, MO, as long as you know his aesthetic, you know he's a little bit very, he's very unpredictable in the kind of music he releases, which I really find just compelling. And he comes from a whole line of just amazing musicians. He's a very talented artist, and it was great to actually interview him. I only had him for about maybe seven or eight minutes, so you're going to get that interview towards the end of this mini pod. All right, so first off, Movies that I watched within the last week or two is Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. And it's two hours and 24 minutes. Is that a bad thing? My honest opinion, no, not a bad thing at all. 
I, I received the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital code from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. I conducted a giveaway a couple weeks ago. I saw all two hours and 24 minutes. The good thing about this movie, it's not a cradle-to-grave biopic. If it was, this would have been this movie would have been all over the place. But strictly, even though it's two hours and 24 minutes, it's pretty tight in the sense it centers on her life, on Aretha's life as a child, maybe the first 20 minutes of her is without is with is without um, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson go, chimes in like around twenty to twenty one minutes into the narrative, but it really focuses on Franklin's early days, her tragedy of losing her mother at an early age, her strict minister preacher father played by Forrest Whitaker, and her eventual flowering into, I guess, music's biggest icon. Right? What is I don't know. What she's just amazing. Right? The Queen of Soul. There are things that I didn't know about her. First of all, I had no idea. I had an inkling of an idea about her spirituality and her uh, passion for God. But that's really the heart and soul of respect. You get to really realize how her musical direction changed during her time recording an album in Muscle Shoals. You also get to see how gospel and her love of gospel and its music and its roots eventually led her back in and helped center her, not as just an artist, but most importantly, as a person. So overall, this has a very good ensemble as well. Co-stars Marlon Wayans, very good. He should do, he should really do more drama as 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 her ex-husband, and he's very good at, as uh, the abusive ex-husband. Forrest Whitaker is good as the dad. There's Audrey McDonald, very small role as the mother, but any chance to see Audrey McDowell, McDonald is a very good thing. And Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin absolutely works. She was actually handpicked by Aretha Franklin. They had a relationship before Franklin passed away, I believe, in 2018. And it's good that Franklin actually gave the yes to this biopic with Hudson playing her, of course, in the lead role. Now, bonus features in this Blu-ray is The Making of Respect, Becoming Aretha, Capturing a Legacy from Muscle Shoals. It's only about several minutes from Muscle Shoals from Muscle Shoals feature, which I really enjoyed because it talks about the technical technical aspects of recording actually in Muscle Shoals and how they want to to actually really capture the accuracy of that recording and that whole environment. And last but not least is exploring the design of respect. All of these featurettes are just sort of little mini Many segments, which is overall the the making, the big feature, is, you know, pretty much the making of R-E-S-P-E-C-T, the making of respect. So again, clocking at two, two hours and 24 minutes, respect is worth a watch, especially if you're a fan of Aretha Franklin and you want to get a little bit more intimate with her life. You want to know where she came from, what demons might have taken, taken over, or how did, how did she overcome these demons? How did she persevere through tragedy and loss in her life and most of most importantly and not most importantly also a big part of it is the music the music in this movie it's sung live so there's an authentic feel to this biopic also the producer in one of the featurettes i forgot what the name of the producer he, he producer he said that the costumes in this movie the outfits were all handcrafted so the look and feel of 1960s detroit america Americana is actually well, it's displayed. It doesn't look fake. It looks lived in. Respect, and in her, the subtitle here on the Blu-ray, her voice changed everything. And yes, it did. And Hudson is perfect as the lead role as Aretha Franklin. Obviously, the best person who could have played Aretha Franklin is Aretha herself. 
but Jennifer Hudson does quite a commendable job in the role. Again, this is a review of the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital code copy of Respect. In my opinion, again, if you are a fan of Franklin and you love Hudson as an actress, this is worth checking out. And two hours and 24 minutes, surprisingly, didn't feel like a slog to me. You know, I was, yeah, everything pretty much flew by, especially since I was really invested in learning who Aretha Franklin is and was. Also, they briefly, there's a there's a tangential mention to a documentary when she records her religious album, her Amazing Grace album, there's a mention about she wanted to actually make it into a documentary as well. This that that documentary wasn't actually released until several years ago as a documentary, Amazing Grace. So definitely, after watching this movie, it actually makes me want to actually check out this documentary, which I believe was initially directed by Sidney Pollock, and he had no idea how to actually sync the the sound and the visuals together. And I guess years later, maybe I'm assuming the documentary documentarians figured out a way to make sure that the Amazing Grace seminal album, which Aretha Franklin recorded, could actually be turned into this documentary. So I'm really excited to actually see if that documentary is any good. Because so so that's a good sign. Respect. Actually, I'm I'm recommending this biopic. I'm also excited to see Amazing Grace after watching this movie. So that's a good sign regarding this film. Really good performances by everyone around, especially by Hudson. Again, the aforementioned Marlon Wayans and Forrest Whitaker as her father. Okay, so that is my review of Respect. Check it out. Tell tell me and Anderson what you think of the movie. Do you do you disagree? Do you agree? Hit us up, email Anderson, email me, and tell us what you think. We'd love to hear. Or actually, you know what? Give us your opinions on the on our Cinematics Facebook page or our Instagram account as well. Okay, so that is respect. Number two is Raging Fire. Have you ever heard of Raging Fire? It's from WellGo USA Entertainment. Stars Donnie Yen and Nicholas Say, TSE. It is a Benny Chan film. I believe this is Benny Chan's last film after this movie he I believe passed away. Am I just making this up right now? I'm going to look it up on IMDb regarding if Benny Chan passed away after making Raging Fire because this is a very, very good movie. Lots of action. Kind of reminded me of an Infernal Affairs. Not as amazing as Infernal Affairs, but still very well executed. Well done. Me, Bruce. Me, Bruce Perky, and Eric Holmes, we reviewed it earlier this year on Find Your Film. And if I recall, me and Bruce really enjoyed it. I think, I think Eric Holmes... Kind of liked it. I don't know if he loved it. I don't know if he loved it as much as me and Bruce. I don't, if I recall. So yeah, Benny Chan. He passed away. He was born 1961, and he passed away in 2020. He passed away last year in Hong Kong. Yeah, I really enjoyed Raging Fire. There's a couple. You know, honestly, I have to really rewatch it again. There's, I believe, there's a, a seminal action scene that Eric mentioned during the podcast, which is completely insane and you, you gotta watch it to believe it so this is a movie that i'm gonna really watch again i think i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i have i have four copies of raging fire i'm gonna have one one copies for me it's a review blu-ray copy for me so i'm giving away three blu-ray copies of raging fire it's it came out this week on blu-ray so yeah also let me check out the special features the bonus features it includes a featurette called The Making of Raging Fire and Trailers. So that is the bonus feature for Raging Fire. I ended up really enjoying this movie. I don't know if you love Donnie Yen. I love Donnie Yen from the Ip Man movies and a whole bunch of other stuff. Obviously, he was in, what is that movie? Rogue, 
One, he was also in Rogue One. I think a lot of you know Donnie Yen from Rogue One. But this Raging Fire has Donnie Yen as a principled, I believe. He's, if I recall, he's a principled investigator, detective. And he, you know, he's head of a crime unit. And the problem is his crime unit, they get decimated by a criminal. And one of the criminals, the head of the the head of the snake, as far as the criminal, criminal goes, I'm just all over the place here, might be this former police officer played by Nicholas Say. So Donnie Yen, as the chief uh, police guy, he's trying to figure out if his former colleague is actually behind this recent attack on fellow cops on his force. So that that's why it kind of reminds me of Infernal, Affair, Infernal Affairs to an extent. But overall, this is a very interesting movie. There's The action is all over the place in a good way. It's just... Every single second, there just seems to be an, an action sequence. It's And it, you know what? For me, it wasn't an action overload as well. I just really liked Donnie Yen in this movie as well as Nicholas Say. And, you know, obviously some of the action might be a little bit over the top for some of you. But if you like that style of of action, this movie is for you. So, yeah, I can't actually can't actually wait to, to see this movie again. Raging Fire. It's Again, it comes out from... Uh, Wellgo USA Entertainment, I believe it's Wellgo USA. Yeah, Wellgo USA Entertainment. Out on Blu-ray this week, and again, I am offering three Blu-rays up on my Deepest Dream website. There will be a link on the show descriptions to on how to enter the giveaway. Okay, so Raging Fire done. So that's number two. Number three is Rebel Hearts. My Rebel Hearts interview with Rufus Wainwright, and remember he contributed the song "Secret Sister" to that documentary. And uh, yeah, here's my interview with Rufus Wainwright. I actually asked him a question about NFTs. I'm sure most of you know what NFTs are. An NFT is a non-fungible token. Okay, NFT stands for non-fungible token. You can purchase it on the blockchain. So for example, let's just say, I don't know, I think the Rolling Stones can release a whole bunch of NFTs. Well, you know, actually, Quentin Tarantino, the director of Pulp Fiction, as you know, he released a whole or maybe he is releasing several pulp fiction NFT a collection of pulp fiction NFTs and what the what these NFT tokens are is you purchase or you bid on this token on this NFT and if you are the owner of this NFT you will you can actually resell it like eBay but you can resell it in crypto land in the cryptoverse for a hopefully if you're the owner, you can resell it for a substantial profit or or maybe even baseline just for a profit that makes you feel comfortable. Or you can hodl it, which is hold on to dear life. You can hold this NFT for posterity and years later sell it for maybe even a bigger price. Now, folks like most folks like you and me can't afford a Quentin Tarantino NFT because the problem with that is let's just say they're selling it on the Ethereum blockchain. It costs so much to buy NFTs these days. Personally, I have not bought an NFT on the on the blockchain using Bitcoin or Ethereum. I have NFTs, and that's just from this site called the the NBA Top Shot NBA Top Shot uh, thing, which I believe I think they're selling things right now, and I think I'm late to the to the occasion for that. Anyways, yeah, so I do have and I do have any and um, NFTs, and they're with the NBA Top Shot. I realize there might be an auction going on. Oh my god, I should actually get on right now. But that's what an NFT is. There are a lot of proponents for NFTs as far as profit value and the fact that, like, let's just say you bought this Pulp Fiction NFT. Within that NFT, you're not just going to get an artistic image or JPEG image that is exclusive to you and maybe maybe like a select hundred 
owners, you will um, sometimes these really these really good NFTs will actually have something embedded in their smart contract, embedded in the agreement. Like so, for example, I'm just making this up. Let's say you bought a Quentin Tarantino NFT, a Pulp Fiction NFT, and maybe this NFT that you got. Let's say let's say it's NFT number fifty. This fiftieth NFT you will get maybe uh, in the contract. You with you will get maybe a an agreement to have dinner with Quentin Tarantino as the owner of this NFT, or you may get a visit to a day on on the set of his upcoming movie, or you might get I don't know ninety percent off his Quentin Tarantino merch shop. All that stuff. There are embedded perks that you can get with each NFT. So that is, I'm personally I'm hoping that Rufus Wainwright down the road, maybe a year or two down the road, comes out with his own. NFTs, and I'm assuming they won't be as high priced as Pulp Fiction. I'm going to be one of the owners. So that is the reason why I asked the NFT question to Rufus Wainwright. That is enough for me. Enjoy. Hopefully, you enjoy this interview with Rufus Wainwright. Again, Raging Fire out on Blu ray this week. Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, worth a look. And last but not least, Rebel Hearts, currently streaming on Documentary Plus. Thank you guys so much for listening to me and Anderson on this year's cinematics. Take care. Bye. Hollywood, California, home of a religious order which keeps making headlines. The Immaculate Heart College was alive with highly trained, ambitious women. These ladies were kick-ass and kind of subversive. There was a big peace march, and the nuns in the school were marching with us. If you really believe something is wrong, put your body on the line. Good Catholics were not sending their daughters to Immaculate Heart because they felt it was a little dangerous. We'd certainly brought criticism from the Cardinal. That Cardinal was not going to put up with those uppity women. Cardinal Immaculate was very powerful in those days. He was the boss. Immaculate Heart sisters drifted away from authority, and that was really the big problem. <gasps> they thought it was blasphemous. I think he viewed nuns as coolie labor for his schools. Sisters complained about the conditions of their jobs. The cardinal started censoring the faculty. There were legions of young nuns where all they felt was defeat. We said, we have to stand up and say, this is what we will do. Clearly, we were in a boat that needed desperately to be rocked. The Immaculate Heart Sisters taught me, you must follow your conscience, even if it goes against what the Pope himself has to say. There's a sense in which we've always been in trouble. (laughs) It was a marvelous statement of women. We did what we thought was right. We did it because we thought it was just. I really love this documentary and your step-grandmother attended the school and just, and you heard a lot of stories growing up. Was that one of the major reasons why you wanted to be a collaborator on this project? Because this story, which is, I think continues to evolve is something that's very important for this time. And as well as a, as well as a a reflection of the past on what we should remember, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think as any interesting project has um, there's, there's, there, there are several, you know veins that uh, that brought this this creature to life. Um, I mean, I I am looking always for projects uh, in in movies and, and and television and 
mainly because I live, you know, in in Hollywood, and and also I, I we have a ten year old daughter, so I can't you know go on tour for two months anymore. So so I was you know in the in I was in the market. Uh, searching for uh, for for interesting stuff, and and then this project came around, and and suddenly all these other aspects, you know, uh, arose. Mainly that you know, I, I remember hearing stories about these nuns growing up, and uh, and then also, you know, for instance, I drive down, uh, I drive to Silver Lake every day, and I pretty much pass that convent every day. Um, so it's, I also, you know, there's a proximity thing as well. So, so yeah, all of the, all of the, the elements conspired and, uh, and here we are today with this, with the, the finished product. Speaking of the finished product, just your overall thoughts on the documentary. How pleased were you with the way it came together? Because it, it, it's just simply fantastic. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, what I especially like is that it's, it's, it's a documentary that really, you know, challenges the uh, the the viewer to you know go out and and, and be of service to the community. Um, it's you know it's very. Um, I mean, on one hand, it's an interest. It's a fascinating story. It's very entertaining. There's some really funny moments, very touching moments. But it's also a little bit of a, especially in this day and age with you know the homeless crisis or you know environmental issues or you know political corruptness i mean it's it's we are in a time when we have to kind of hit the streets and uh make and and be you know aware of of, of what's going on and care more about the people around us and so so it's uh it's uh it has a purpose which i really like you know speaking of having a purpose i don't know if this is just an obvious question but i've i've been a fan of yours for a for a long time as, as well as mcgarrigals and i'm just wondering you you look at the songwriting of something like saratoga summer song to yeah. heart like a wheel to talk yeah. to me of mendocino just wondering you said in an interview that this especially with what we've all been through this is a really great time from introspection yes. and i don't i feel that you've never had that problem as an artist and yeah. does part of that credit goes to like your mother and your aunt who or maybe is that just two different disciplines that you yeah. just you know, I'm just wondering. No, no, no. I've I've always been very introspective as well, and my mother was was very introspective. My father a little more of an extrovert, but nonetheless, he he can also, you know, recoil into his inner self as well. But what's funny is that I think that this time, the COVID time that we that we're you know pretty much still in, but uh, but is thankfully less intense now. Um, that was that was a very how can I say this? It was. It kind of matched, I, I think, more my uh, my ethos than uh, than than you know everyday life. I mean, it was it was. I found it I, except for the the you know the dying bit, and the you know the the, the 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 collapse of the economy and all of that. I did find that it was in the end sort of. Um, it, it really mirrored a lot of what I felt, uh, which was you know this need to stop and to you know observe and to you know also you know, take in the world a little bit, you know. How are you able to just manage everything that you, it seems just, you have so many things on the, on the yeah, fire, on the pot. I, you, I have a lot. I don't live, know. Live album, the, the European tour, Definitely. you had the yeah. different genre of music. What, is it just your your curiosity and your passion that just keeps you going without being narrow? Well, you know, I remember hearing many, many years ago that, you know, there's a theory that, you know, Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach, who's, you know, one of the most prolific composers that ever lived, um, he, there's a theory that he only wrote music one hour a day. Um, and, 
and that he had, and, and you know, understand him. I mean, he, he had 27 children. Uh, and so, so I mean, I'm sure the, the wife did much of the caretaking. But anyways, I think it's, I don't think it's about how much you work. I think it's about how intensely you work. Um, I, I certainly do more than an hour a day, but, but it is, um, it's, it's all about focus. Uh, and look, at this point, I need that focus to keep my life in order. <laughs> so I think work has become for me a little bit of a slight crutch, actually, in terms of just, uh, you know, finding a reason to be alive. And that's, that's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. <laughs> Music. With a lot of your, your enthusiasts who, who actually listen to your albums, each of your albums can actually are very singular and the listener can really immerse themselves not just in the music but in the research behind the music yeah. and i'm just you, you always seem to be so many steps ahead of the game and this oh. is a, uh, might be a ridiculous question we're in the early days but wondering about you know musicians have been going to you know nfts as far as crypto goes down the road as far as artist rights and all that stuff is that is that something maybe down the road you might be researching as part uh, of your whole well you know i i am so far behind in that in that respect in terms of you know the financials and the management thing i mean i i've never been good at that i will say though that that i have you know there are people i in my life and and in my business who i have been in contact with who are seeing this whole new setup uh, that I very much would, even though I, I don't know if I'll ever quite understand it, I would very much like to be a part of because, you know, the old system's definitely dead. <laughs> Couple final questions. Just when when uh, singer-songwriters come up to you and, and ask you about how to be vulnerable, like something like only people that love from Unfollow yeah. the Rules, it's just so, just um, unvarnished. It's just so, it's it's really honest. And how, yeah. how do people get there when they ask you that question? What kind of advice do you give? It's just. Well, what goes, what comes, Samuel Coleridge said, you know, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. So that's important. Um, and the other thing is truth. I mean, I mean, I do feel this, you know, there needs to be a we uh, truth in many levels uh, and in many aspects of society has to be fought for. And that whether that's politics or music, and um, and and I do still strongly believe that if you stick with it, it will it will serve you in the end. So so yeah, sincerity and truth. My final question to you is, you know, I usually ask filmmakers and singer songwriters to to name one of their all time favorite movies, but just wondering specifically for you, do you have a favorite? Since I love Judy at Carnegie, do you have a favorite Judy Garland movie, and what what makes it so Ooh. special for you? Yeah, just. Oh God, yeah, no, there's so many great ones. You know, I hadn't, I had never seen the Harvey Girls before, and uh, and it's and so it's still, it, and it, it was really amazing. And I think I like it the most right now because I I, I hadn't, you know, I it was kind of it was like discovering a treasure trove. So I so I'm a big fan of the Harvey Girls at the moment. Rufus, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you.